0: Fill her up. You're listening to the Gas Digital Network. Hey, everybody. This is Tank Sinatra. You're listening to the Think Tank Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm glad to have you here. If you're enjoying the show, please do me a favor. Head over to iTunes and leave a review. I love reading them. And if you want access to the full archive with episodes such as Jesse Itzler, Dan Soder, Derek Hough, DMC, go to gasdigitalnetwork.com and use promo code TANK for two free weeks and access to all the other shows on the network. Enjoy the episode. Are they all here? All but one. But I'm going anywhere. I'm the best at what I do.
1: You're listening to the Think Tank Podcast. Look at the fucking smile on my face. With your host, Tank Sinatra.
0: Hey, you're listening to the Think Tank Podcast. And I'm here with James Wilkes, the director, star, Vegan connoisseur of the Game Changers movie, James. Thanks for having me on. Thank. Really
1: thanks for
2: having. It.
0: Thanks for coming, bro. You're fucking doing everything. I, I was, to be honest, when I reached out to you initially, I was like, "There's no way this guy's gonna get back to me." And then when you reached out to me and told me you were coming to New York, I was like, "This guy's sharp. You're a sharp, dude." I almost
2: forgot, but I've been (laughs) getting so many requests recently. I was like, "Wait, there was yeah," and then I was like, "Oh yeah, that would be
0: that'd be cool to come on here." I mean, I'm busy, but I I imagine your life has got to have completely changed in the last year or so. It's been really busy, yeah, since the film came out.
2: I I was really busy making the film,
0: yeah, because not only
2: was I in it, but narrating it, but also like producing it, right? So raising the money and um, you know, uh, know, obviously there was other lots of people on the team, and especially Joseph Pace, the other uh, producer and writer, but you know, just putting together shoots, people don't realize how much work it is to, uh, you know, to make a documentary. Yeah. And so that was your brainchild, right? Game Changers? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so I was getting into it early on, then Joseph Paces, so between the two of us, yeah, it's uh, it's our brainchild. Basically.
0: People, I, I had a friend of mine on, He Adam the Creator, and he's a very talented, hardworking, disciplined, creative guy. And we kind of went off on a tangent a little bit about how like, Because I want to understand why why people love to tear shit down and why people love to just see destruction of something that they didn't create. And it's really not easier. It's just more like they assume that the, the creative content, whatever it is, whether it's a meme, a movie, a video, a book, an article, whatever, they assume that it's as fun to create it as it is to consume it, and it's not. Right. It's not. It's a real arduous process. Yeah, it's crazy, especially when things are stitched together with music and like it's just ninety minutes. Like you think,
2: oh, that didn't take much work, but like we could have told the, f- the story a thousand ways. You know, there was six hundred hours of footage, and fifty people that didn't even make the film. Six hundred hours of footage. Yeah, six hundred hours down to like eighty two minutes, basically.
0: And I don't. Uh, if if somebody's never done something where they have to take <coughs> stuff out, everyone thinks it's harder to add stuff. So if you got a, assigned a, an essay when you were in grade school or or high school, it had to be. A thousand words. It's like you think getting to that thousand-word point is the hardest part. It's much harder to write two thousand words than pare it down to a thousand. Yeah, it's it's
2: and the trailer is really hard because then you got to try and like what can we put. The smaller it is, the less
0: you know. You got to really refine it and get the best stuff in there. How can Uh, you make it as attractive as possible? Right. And you had no experience making movies before this. No, none. Yeah. So how did you figure it out?
2: I mean, early on, I woke up at two in the morning when I was starting this plant-based journey. I was giving it a try for myself. I thought, you know, I've really been lied to. I gotta make a documentary about this or put something out there. So I started, it went on YouTube, learned how to do the three point lighting. And, you know, I called the director of photography from the ultimate fight that I'd met, Ever, uh, Everett Mata, and asked him, uh, you know, what camera do I buy? And started like, interviewing some people when they were in town and, you know, didn't have much of a budget really. And um, I, I knew I'd either like sort of edit it myself and put something out there, like dispel the myth about protein, you know, the. the the animals are just the middleman. So just something, get something out about it or use the footage to get other people in, interested. And that's end up what well, happening after I met Joseph. And we're so, you, so
0: you boot or, or shoestring some stuff together and that's what you use to kind of get the ball rolling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's brilliant. You're a very resourceful guy. I don't really know you that well. Obviously we just met, but just from listening to you talk for a few minutes in the car, I, I pride myself on being able to get things done even if I don't know how to do them because I don't know how to do a lot. And I remember deciding as a young kid I don't know how to do a lot. I can't just not do stuff because I don't know how to do it. Right. you got to be able to figure it out. Somehow. Yeah. I mean, you got to, you basically either try and figure it out how to do it yourself
2: yeah. or you basically recruit other people, you know, and help sort of guide them and like choose people that can't, you know, who can, I, I don't know how to use a camera still, really, you know, not properly. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, I mean, I can use basics, but you get someone that's really good with the camera. And then I don't know, you know, I can do basics of editing, but I'm not going to be able to edit a documentary. Yeah. Find the best people that you can get. Um, And then, you know, once you, if you're going to recruit these, these people just think so small. And I used to think, you know, a million dollars or something is a lot of money. And then I remember driving um, near my house, the city, um, uh, Laguna Hills, I was living in at the time. And I remember they'd sent out a letter to all residents saying, you know, here's how we spent some of the taxes. Mm -hmm. And there was like this little pathway and a little bit of greenery in this very small area. Like, here's how we spent $2 million. I was thinking, holy shit, if that like tiny bit of land in this t- like small city costs two million dollars like I've got to be able to raise more than that <laughs> you know in the whole world like people that are interested in plant-based eating for for the animals for the environment for health for performance like and yeah. you know, I just started like if you start seeing it differently of what you can achieve right you know should I try and just get any director or do I get the director that's got the most award-winning documentary of all time you know do I get just sort of people that don't have the biggest names to put funds in and be executive producers, or do I get the best people? Like, just aim higher and try and put out the best quality stuff,
0: whatever you're doing. Did you find, like, you were swishing all the shots that you took, everyone just said yes, or was it people, were you getting a lot of resistance? Or, because sometimes things just go. Sometimes you just get, not an easy run, but, like, things just kind of seem to go your way for a little while, is that...
2: No, yeah, it was never. It was never easy. It took a long time to get the yeah. people that we wanted to interview, to to edit, to you know do whatever. Because when you get people at that level, they're busy and they got a lot of stuff on. Oh, yeah. So trying to get the time to meet with James Cameron, or I mean, he was very accommodating and really helpful. But you know, it's it's difficult. Like trying to get the time with Arnold. I remember he he was two hours late and then sat down. And he goes, well, "You got two minutes. Go." Really? And they were like, oh. and like "No, I'm just kidding." Oh like, fuck! He he was kidding. we like, were Like I was like what two minutes like yeah. w- what questions are we gonna and like you know he would have given us a lot longer but he ended up just smashing it like 20 minutes uh he would have given us an hour or more or whatever for the, yeah. that first interview but uh he just he was so on point you know every answer was just there was, and he covered like so many topics um you know about the protein myth and the gladiators and all this other stuff that he we obviously couldn't use all of it and in, in the documentary you got to cut loads of stuff
0: out like you said. But did you ever think about turning it into a docu series or was that never a, an option for you
1: guys?
2: Um I think we just we did at one point but then yeah. we just thought like it, how do you ensure that everyone gets all of that information because people say oh make a second documentary now but yeah. it's so much work and effort and like what are you going to add? I mean you can it would be additive but it wouldn't be worth the time and effort to like dispel some more myths because I think the key myths that we've broken you know, yeah by showing that film but no, I think there's a chance that we could do some sort of series to add on down the road. But I think just doing small vignettes like on, on social media and stuff and putting stuff out that way is probably going to be the way to, to keep spreading the message.
0: The supporting stuff that you guys did, I was also very impressed with, especially the website. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I found that the website, I've never seen anything like that before. The documentary was so good. And I'm not, I, I know that um, over the past few months or, or however, you know, six months since the movies come out, you've, you've I'm not, I don't want to argue with you at all. About science, especially, (laughs) I just want to talk about. I'm more interested in because I'm a a 250 pound meathead from Long Island. Like that's been my identity for so long. And what happened was, I um, my wife eats very healthy, portion control. Like she's super moderate in everything she eats. She makes good decisions (laughs) like across the board, and she inspires me. So I was talking to a friend of mine who's a chiropractor, and I said to him, I I think I want to like really cut down on the meat. Because I was eating eggs, chicken twice a day, mm. eggs every day, six eggs every day, chicken twice a day, six to eight ounces with other you know, rice or sometimes vegetables, rarely, and then red meat at night. And I was like, it's too much. And when you eat that much chicken, you're bound to get one of those pieces that just ruins chicken for you for like uh, three yeah, hours. Yeah. You bite into it, you're like, oh, fuck, that was gross. And then yeah. you can't eat the rest of the meal. So like, I had been going through that for years and years and trying different sources. Okay, I'm gonna get it from this supermarket, and I'm okay. That's that. I got a bad piece out of that batch. I'm gonna do this one, the the free range or um, grass fed beef only or yeah. ground meat only or whatever. And it was like I I painted myself into this corner where I was like, I'm out of meat options here. Like I can't eat. I can't go any further down the path with this stuff. I gotta cut it out or at least cut it down. And. We watched that movie, my wife and I watched that movie. And here's where, here's where I was sold personally. Um, we watched the movie on a Tuesday night. Wednesday morning I had some eggs because I didn't know what else to do. Yeah. I didn't have any chicken or any meat for the rest of that day. Huh. Thursday I didn't have anything, no eggs, no dairy, no meat, no nothing. And then Friday I went to jujitsu, which I have historically had real crazy inflammation in my elbows and shoulders. Mm. And at the end of the class, I did like three sets of ten pull-ups, and had there was no inflammation at all, yeah, or not crazy, none, man. but like
2: yeah. a, re, a noticeable, yeah, it's significant less. noticeable difference. Yeah, it's crazy to me. One of the, that was what surprised me is how quickly things can actually have an impact. Yeah, because I was thinking, okay, what you eat now might affect like fifty years from now, but it's not even like a week. There's like there's actual
0: physiological differences after a single meal. You know, which well, is like crazy the, the burrito experiment yeah, in the exactly. movie. Yep. was that something that you were excited to get out there did you know that that was going to happen or obviously you had to have So there was some the, of what, there was
2: idea. two right there was the one with the with the miami dolphins looking at the blood and we yeah, could yeah. have gone a lot deeper into that so the research for the last 20 years shows that not only does you know people say oh well, what does it matter that the blood is cloudy but there's uh, in alignment with the blood being cloudy there's also um you know they'll they'll look at the arteries under ultrasound and you can see occlusion and like the arteries. Um, what's occlusion? Not, like uh, tightening. You know, they're like the okay. arteries just can't expand. About fifty percent, they're reduced endothelial function. The the lining of the arteries that produces that nitric oxide that is vasodilating. When you eat meat. Yeah, yeah. When you have a heavy animal-based meal, uh, you you doesn't have to be meat. It could also be heavy in dairy or something like that. Yeah. Your endothelium. That's what's happening with that. Um, What's called the postprandial lipemia? Just means after you eat. What the, the fuck did yes. you just say? <laughs> postprandial means after eating,
0: like postprandial hypothermia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. the the
2: lipemia. <laughs> so basically, it's the milkiness in the butt, in the in those vials, okay. right? And when it looks milky, it's also you know we could have shown more studies showing how the your ultrasound you can see those arteries just aren't opening up as much. Yeah, and that's happening for like six to eight hours. Then what do you do again? You eat more shit again. And, uh, you know, you're basically constantly impairing your arterial function, less oxygen, less nutrients to the muscles. More and, tired. And inflammation, right? And more tired, less energy. And so you can actually feel a difference. Now, it depends how much you shift and, and where you're at to start with, right? Some people might be eating a mostly plant-based diet with a bit of fish and a bit of chicken. They might not notice the difference as much as someone that's eating the standard American diet and then go sort of all whole foods. And I don't think people should do it overnight necessarily. How come? Uh, so, um, well, it depends. So, ninety percent of Americans are deficient in fiber; they're not yeah. getting enough fiber. And if you suddenly, there's different types of bacteria in your gut, mm-hmm. and so meat rep- requires uh, putrefying bacteria. So, meat, like, it putrefies the meat, basically, like rotting, you know, like away. And so, then you've got uh, more it, like ferment. It rots the meat inside you. Is that yeah, you saying? Yeah, putrefies it basically versus fermenting bacteria. And so, if you switch all of a sudden to like a lot more fiber, yeah, then uh, you can get gastrointestinal distress while you're having food that you're not used to. Yeah. You can get bloating and gas and stuff like that, right? Yeah. So if you switch overnight, some people do that and they do great. Yeah. Uh, but some people, like, they go, oh, I'm a bit uncomfortable. Also, if you switch overnight, you might, you know, be used to the amount of food. You know, people think you'll go hungry, but actually you get full because a lot of plant foods are low in caloric density. Yeah. So you end up, you know, maybe you go, you're eating less calories. Yeah. Which, for, you know, which is great if you're trying to lose body fat. But if you're trying to gain muscle and size, you want to be in a caloric surplus or at least a you know, the same calories in as calories out. Yeah. Right. So um, I think for most people, and also like if you say I'm going to go all in and then you fail one day and you think, oh, I can't think what to eat. I'll just grab a burger from McDonald's and yeah. it's a meat burger or whatever. I mean, these days, most, most fast food restaurants have also, you know, they've also got plant based options. But if you feel, and you feel like you fell off and you think it's all or nothing, then you feel like you failed and you're like, fuck that, I'm not going to do it anymore. Yeah. So... Yeah, I think, I think like, gradually drawing in and think of it as, like, all or something rather than all or nothing. Yeah. You know, if you can go all the way in, great. You know, and for me, I don't eat any animal products. Ever? No, I mean, not intentionally. No, I mean, like, I don't, yeah. you know, if I'm at a restaurant and there's bread, I don't say, hey, is there any, like, dairy or, yeah. you know, egg in that bread or whatever. But,
0: yeah, I mean, I don't intentionally consume any animal products. Yeah, yeah I've, I've definitely, I've had over the last, I'm trying to think of when I watched it, it was probably, it had to have been... Four months ago, hmm. about and uh, since then, I've had maybe two pieces of filet mignon and a serving of chicken, some fish. No, oh. but that's it. Like and and that would I would I ate the same amount of meat over the past four months that I would eat in a day. Right before that every yeah, yeah. day 365 days a year. Right. And that's not so important, right? It's like what you're eating most of the time. You, but and I was most amazed because I didn't go from a typical standard western diet, let's call it of like garbage food and then go vegan. I ate pretty healthy. I ate like eggs, oatmeal, vegetables, fruit, right. chicken, you know, it was it was what I was taught was healthy. I right. was always very scared of carbs. Right. Very scared of carbs because I didn't want to be fat, I didn't want to be bloated too late for that, but uh <laughs> I I found myself after watching the movie not scared of meat products, but like the 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 energy that I put into avoiding carbs went into avoiding animal products, right? Especially dairy because I've reintroduced, um, each thing individually, and dairy gave me the most problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The most trouble. Yeah, that's just a lot as far of as feeling bad. My stomach is torn up. It's like, oh my god, is the yogurt really worth it? And there's right. so many options. There's so many options for substitutes. It's almost like with you know, you know the brand Gardene. Yeah. Oh, man. Is that good or no?
2: Yeah, I mean, like, it's always... When you say, is it good or is it healthy, you know, is it good for you? Am it's I going to die? No, so it's always compared <laughs> to what, you know? Compared so, to chickens or whatever that's... Yeah, compared to chicken, for sure, it's better, but compared to, like, a three-bean chili or a bowl of lentil soup or something, yeah. it's not as healthy, right? So yeah. the more processed... like, So the main split, the first split is plants and animals. Get as many plants in as possible. And within plants whole foods versus processed versus heavily processed like the more you shift towards less processed more whole yeah in the original state it's going to be any better and like processed is a bit of a nebulous term right so what does that mean if you cut an apple in half that's a process if you cook something that's a process yeah i'm talking about like a highly processed where they've ripped out the fiber um you know that's not going to be as good uh as if you
0: eat more whole foods yeah
2: yeah and but so it, eating- you know occasionally all that stuff is
0: uh you know, it's not like
2: it's not black or white. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, which which is surprising for me because I've been very black or white my whole life, especially with things like certain things. Like I got sober young at 22, and mm-hmm. I know still to this day, if I decide to take a sip of alcohol or smoke right. some weed or eat, a, take a pill or do whatever, I don't know. the The scary part is I don't know what's going to happen. Right? It may be okay for a day or a week or a month or a year or five years, but I want to live a long time. And if five years from now I'm back where I was when I when I stopped drinking originally, yeah. I don't ever want to feel that way again. Yeah, yeah. And but I think, with,
2: no, for sure. For black and white, for some situations- With the it's food, it's very good. different. Yeah. yeah, no, yeah. Um, yeah, I think so. It's, uh, you know, I think some people do better actually because if you, anytime your, your brain has a drive to reward you for fat, sugar, and salt, Yeah. right? So we sort of developed over a period where it was hard to find calories in fat, sugar, and salt, so your mm-hmm. brain would reward you. But now you've got a compass- for an area of which no
0: longer applies. <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying? So your compass is off. Wait, why, wait, hold on. So say that one more time. We developed a reward system for fat, sugar, and salt because there wasn't calories in it? Yeah, there was, because no, there, there was. wasn't
2: enough calories. In it. Like, it was hard to find those calories often, right? To find calories from fat, sugar, Cal- or salt. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. So, okay. like, calorically dense foods, or your brain is rewarding you, trying to say, yeah, this is good, you need this fuel, right? But now you can go to the grocery store, you go to the fast food restaurant, you can go anywhere and get calories, as many as you want. Yeah. At least in the developed world, right? As many as you can
0: afford. Right,
2: exactly. Yeah. But I mean, even like shitty food can be pretty cheap. Yeah. You know, especially since it's subsidized, right? So you actually buy meat below the cost of production. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So so because the corn is like subsidized, that feeds the animals. And so there's a lot of other stuff that goes in. Like the true cost of a a Big Mac apparently is around like $15 or something. If you actually do figure out all the externalities and the cost of actual production. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, wow. so 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 I mean, it's, it's subsidized by the government. You know, they'll pay people in the government to like speaking fees. And then those people allow, make laws that are allowing those foods to be subsidized heavily. So the USDA doesn't even subsidize foods in alignment with its own dietary guidelines. So it's saying eat more fruits and vegetables, but that gets a tiny percentage of... Um, uh of the subsidies we're saying eat less meat but that gets tons of subsidies yeah it doesn't doesn't even make sense right so it's because the meat industry is funding and and corrupt uh, and corrupting the the government regulations but anyway so that's why like the food that's really bad for you one of the reasons why it's it's subsidized below cost of production and and really cheap food yeah but you can eat, that's the other myth, right? Is people think that plant-based food is expensive. Now it can be, if you're eating at fancy plant-based restaurants and you're eating heavily processed food that took a lot of processing and therefore more money. Yeah. But if you're eating like staples of like beans, peas, lentils, um, you know, grains, those things are actually cheaper. And there's actually been a study done, well, they saw it was an assessment of what if people went uh, completely plant-based versus say half the meat. Mm-hmm. And if you went completely plant-based and you were trying to be frugal and save money, on average, you'd save $750 a year. Whereas if you do a true paleo diet, on average, they think people would need 10% higher income Wow. Um, yeah, and it's funny. Some of the carnivore people I see that sell meat. I've seen people post they can't even afford
0: to buy their own products that they're selling. Yeah, because it's so expensive. Yeah. Maybe they subsidize that food because it makes you sick, and then you need medicine. And
2: well, like, there is. I mean, it could, it could start getting too much of the conspiracy sort of. That's why like, you're here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not much of a conspiracy. So I mean, but there no, are, me either. It just a yeah, yeah, talking. But those entities are actually you know, often o- have ownership in the meat industry and in the pharmaceutical industry. But again, you could go down that rabbit hole, but that's not really-
0: It good. could just be because that's where the money is because people love meat and people love drugs and not dying. Yeah. They love not dying. Yeah, and people like best. to be able to take a pill, right? Just instead of doing the work. Yeah, instead of doing the work or
2: eating healthier or exercising or, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Um But it's crazy. Like 80% of uh, the, the leading causes, of, like chronic diseases, heart disease, diabetes, cancer, are all- uh, could be prevented and, and reversed by a lifestyle the primary which,
0: uh, which uh, thing is which uh, is, is, a, is a diet switching to a plant based diet so what do you think so you were raised in in England you said right yeah in the in the uk um, yeah. and you were a fighter you 're a tough guy uh, you could kick my ass and i 'm pretty tough <laughs> <laughs> what do you think it is about the the not male, but just the masculines because there's, there's women that exhibit masculine traits also and vice versa. Yeah. But, w- but traditionally did, sort of male, yeah. Like what is the – why is it considered – because I have a thing about religious or spiritual or kind people. I always like – I'm set out to <clears> – <throat> there's a cough button right there if you want to just cough oh, okay. right into the mic. Just go nuts. i talking for two days straight <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and, and some meetings. So the, um, wait, what was I just saying? I don't think that worked. No, it worked. It did? Yeah, it was good. Let us try again. Oh, yeah. I couldn't hear nothing. Okay. What was I just saying, Shannon?
2: Oh, you were talking about the masculine stuff, male uh, identity. You were going down a topic. Why is it that they, uh, something along those lines, right? Masculinity, uh, tag to meat, maybe? Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) What's your your favorite color? (laughs) (laughs) blue oddly enough which is again traditionally masculine
0: but oh oh i was talking about kind people so my mission in life is to be a 250 pound meathead who looks like something that i'm not because i like Mm. being surprising to people because typically if someone is really 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 nice and like calm and serene or whatever they're like They have a ponytail and they bow Mm. to you and shit and like they're weird namaste and I love you Mm. brother and like I just don't like that because it makes me uncomfortable. I feel like that is compensating for something inside that Mm. is a maybe a little sick and I'm sick too. I I can you know I'm not a perfect person, but I do know who I am, and I know that I feel better Mm -hmm. when I'm being nice to people. Period. End of story. So that's something that I've come to terms with. And I guess being secure in who you are, like I didn't even think twice about not eating meat. Yeah, I didn't give a shit. Who thought what? I actually thought I would, I I kind of was like, I hope people get a kick out of it because I look nothing like a vegan at all. Right. And now I say I'm vegan. It hasn't been that long, but it is surprising to people. Where, yeah, did you find yeah, yeah. people were surprised years ago when you first went plant-based? Yeah, no, definitely in the gyms to start with. But yeah. then people started in Orange
2: County. There was a lot of uh, Uriah Faber. my gym and those gyms.
0: Yeah, not... I know Uriah Faber was a big proponent of a plant-based diet. You know yeah, who that yeah. is? Yeah, yeah, fighter?
2: Yeah, yeah no, I lent him some shorts once Before he was in the UFC, he, uh, he showed up to King of the Cage. And I fought on the same card as him. Uh-huh. And he, uh, he asked if he could borrow some of my, my fight shorts for a fight. And I still haven't gotten back to this day. So He stole Uriah. your shorts? Yeah, you owe me some shorts. Uriah Faber. Uh, Give the man his shorts back. No, no. So there's a quite a few people in Orange County that sort of MMA gyms started going more plant-based and and some vegan fighters. So uh, I think that, you know, the perceptions... Like, you know, a couple of years ago, it was like eight out of 10 people that were vegetarian or vegan were female. Yeah. And I think men were more resistant because they want to be like, I'm a hunter, I'm tough. You know, and if you're insecure about your masculinity, you've got to do... You know, you've got to sort of exhibit behavior you think other people see as masculine. Yeah. Uh, but if you're confident in yourself, then you don't really give a shit what people <laughs> yeah. think. Yeah. I, mean, I don't even really care what I think.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I truly yeah.
2: don't. I mean, if you feel better on it, and you're performing better. And it's better
0: for you. Then I don't really care. It's uh, you know what other people think. Did you expect or or? Um, mm you know, account for all the resistance that, that came out with the movie? Did you think the movie was going to be as big as it was or would you just kind of like... Yeah, we,
2: you you know, know. Know, we knew it was going to be big with the, the names attached and the quality. We knew we'd made something good. I mean, yeah. it's difficult to view it objectively when you're in and you've watched it hundreds sure. of times in the edit. And um, But we knew we were pretty confident it was going to be big. And we knew there were going to be pushback, but that pushback also helps, right? Because it creates awareness of the (laughs) of what you're talking about, and people want to watch it. So I think everyone, every time someone talks smack on the film, I think more people end up going plant based, of course, because more people end up watching the film, and then they'll see like the debate on Joe Rogan that I did, or and just more people. So it's great. The more people want to talk smack on it, um, you know, because they believe in the carnivore diet or the industry funded folks, or um, you know, they're really into the paleo diet or whatever. actually, when they talk smack is actually good for us. so yeah, yeah I, I welcome that. did you
0: watch any of the debunking videos or any of that stuff? Yeah, I've definitely watched uh,
1: yeah. some
2: of
0: them, especially the Chris Cress one i I was bothered by I just don't like I understood first of all when they were talking <clears throat> about cherry picking data I don't even know what what they meant by that but I do know that if you're trying to make a movie, you got to make some decisions and choose what to include was
2: well, so it's it's include. crazy, right so you can basically make that claim anytime of so course. if you're if you're gonna make a scientific claim, you have to have a reference to back it up. Mm-hmm. So you can't say here is all of the science that's ever been done yeah. on the topic. <laughs> so you have to choose some study so you can just make that claim. So you, if you just throw out the words debunked, cherry picked, yeah, and then people want to believe that they're going to believe it. You yeah, know? but then the people that are actually sort of objective and are willing to look at the the science, um, you know, that's why we, we're happy to debate people because uh, you know it's just, just people are just trying to come in with with arguments. And a lot of them are straw man. They you know, like for example, a lot of people say, "Oh, they claimed the uh, gladiators were vegan, and here's proof that they weren't vegan." Um, first of all, they they're not even using science; they're using sort of historical stories, which I saw three hundred, bro.
0: He was jacked, no <laughs> so way he can't have been vegan, right? Yeah. <laughs> He's jacked, yeah. So,
2: uh, you know, we didn't say that. The scientists said predominantly vegetarian, and I said it fueled mostly by plants. People so hear what it they a straw want man. yeah. They, people hear. People already decided what they thought about the film before they even saw it. Yeah, you know, so. People talk smack and they, they try and debunk it, but I, I was any good arguments yet.
0: The one that bothered me the most was Chris Cresser was talking about the, the peanut butter sandwich and the lentil mm, argument, mm, mm. and Chris looked at Joe, and this is why I love Joe because Joe just doesn't care. He's obviously very secure in who he is. He's right, cu- but he's also very curious, right, and he's enthusiastic, he's a smart guy, yeah. exactly. And Chris goes. You know, with he told I forgot exactly the framing, but he said, you know, two pieces of wheat bread with one peanut, one tablespoon of peanut butter. Mm. And my first thought was, has this guy ever measured out peanut butter? One right. tablespoon of peanut butter wouldn't even cover a fucking half piece of the bread. Right. So, so Chris goes, you would need five tablespoons of peanut butter to match the the protein requirement. Right, which whatever. Wasn't true. Yeah. And and Chris goes, have you ever had five t- tablespoons of peanut butter? And Joe <laughs> goes, yeah. I don't think I've ever had one to be honest with you. Like I I eat peanut butter and I measure my food almost. Every meal I've had in the last seven years has yeah. been measured. Yeah. So I guess I know. And one of the big, one of the, one of my favorite memes that I've ever made was a, just a picture of a peanut butter. I said, if you ever want to know how far out of touch with reality you are, just measure out a serving size of peanut butter. Right. And that one went nuts because yeah, once yeah, people yeah. do it, they see two tablespoons is like that's not that bad. You like do that I, by yeah. accident. Right. There's no problem.
2: Yeah, because so, like when people take a tablespoon. They don't actually take an actual tablespoon measurement. They, they scoop it up, and it's grams. like
0: it's two or three like piled on top of each other. Yeah. And it's great; it's so good. Yeah, but um, yeah, just I, I don't know. I feel like the people, like you said, they made their mind up. Pe- that's what they do in general. They make their mind up on a topic or a, a, a subject before they even get the information, which is so dangerous, and it's such a huge problem in in just you, mankind in general. It happens with politics. I remember when, um what was the guy's name? Kavanaugh, the Kavanaugh trial with Christine Ford and she said he raped him and mm. he said he didn't and I remember feeling very upset and disheartened that you could tell whether somebody was Republican or Democrat by wh- by who they believed mm. in this case. Right. And I was like, that's fucked up. That's right. not okay that like Republicans believe him mm. and Democrats believe fact, her. Just because, of, yeah. Just because of the, the way they vote. That's bizarre. Right. So I guess, I guess veganism and diet is an important part of being a human and, um, I guess, you know, like identity politics, people have identity diets and like you were saying, they kind of tie their their personality to what they eat. Yeah, and their behavior, yeah. Which is weird. Did you guys get into that at all on the back end of the movie with the psychology behind that?
2: Yeah, I mean, we sort of looked into it as we were making the film and it sort of actually tied into my own journey because I felt as a man like I needed it and um, it wasn't just about being an athlete. It was also like as a man I felt like some of that and it does sort of line up with the behavioral psychology that men, really feel they need to eat meat in order to be male. Um, But I think that perception has really changed since the film's come out. You know, you've got sort of- Very quick too. Yeah, you've got traditional male sort of role models from all walks of life, firefighters, athletes, soldiers, plumbers, police officers, you know, eating this way now. Yogi, uh,
0: yogis, yoga instructors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's the space it was in before, right? Was yeah like in the sixties and seventies. And how sad <laughs> that it was just confined to that because of the identity of people. Yeah. That people were keeping themselves from feeling this way. I remember being a, a early teens and seeing I had not met many zealots yet when it came to just anything in life. And right. I remember I hadn't formed an opinion about zealots yet or people who were pushy about, you know, whether it was religion or diet or a way to live. And Martina Navratolova mm-hmm. was in a uh uh, uh, an infomercial for a juicer, mm. and she came out and she's like, she apologized for her enthusiasm. She goes, "I just want everybody to feel how good I feel in mm. the morning." And I was like, "Oh, she thinks she's doing us a favor. She's not being pushy or a dick or annoying. Right? She she made a change." It helped her, and that actually softened me up on everybody, especially religious people. Because religious people, when people get saved by Christ or they have an experience that they start pushing it on you, it is a little much. But now I understand where it's coming from. Yeah. It's like they think they're coming they're, from a good place, right? They literally think they're keeping you from going to hell, right? So why? How could they? Yeah, Their conscience won't allow them not to say anything, right? So I'm just I'm I'm fascinated by humans and how they respond to. Um, to suggestion and discovering information on their own, and I feel like there's two different kinds of people, and I'm kind of both. I do like discovering stuff on my own, but suggestions have gotten me pretty far in life because there's a lot I don't know about. Right? You yeah, know? totally.
2: And you can't dig into everything
0: yourself, you know. So it's too I, much. You know, yeah. And so has this become not a um, not an avocation for you, but this is something you're obviously very passionate about.
2: No, yeah, I, mean, I definitely want to keep encouraging people to shift in a plant based direction. I mean, I. You know, I care about people's health and, and it's great that they can perform better and you know and also like with my dad especially, like yeah. People care about their, you know, their loved ones. Even if like young guys or you know, young women don't care about themselves that much, a lot of people do care about the health of their, you know, their aunts, their uncles, mothers, fathers, grandparents. And I care about that and I want that sort of to extend. Is your dad and, still doing okay with it? Yeah, diet? he's doing
0: great. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And what's happening with him?
2: Uh, For I mean, those of yourself, you who didn't
0: see the movie you you kind of worked it into the movie where you
2: Yeah, well, we're in the middle of filming myself. my dad had a heart attack and yeah. so I had two stents put in emergency surgery and um, you know his cholesterol was high and all this other stuff and now he switched to a plant-based uh, diet and uh, is just doing much better looks healthier feels better Yeah Yeah um, And so, because I was really looking at it from a performance and recovery perspective for myself. And then I realized that the same biological mechanisms that affect performance also affect health. So inflammation and blood flow and, you know, this types of stuff. So um, when my dad had the heart attack, that's what really got me sort of looking more Mm -hmm. into the health aspect. And I didn't care as much about it, but as I'm getting older, you know, I want to be around for my kids and then eventually have grandkids. And and I think one of the strong motivators for me is I really felt lied to by the industry and so that's why I want to sort of keep spreading this knowledge and like what I've uncovered and just I am mean, I'm not I don't you know, people should eat whatever they want to eat, right? but yeah. and I don't want to be telling people what to eat. I just want to sort of just I want to just show the myths, uncover them, destroy them, show some more facts, and then people can make their own decisions, right? I and mean, yeah. I do hope it en- encourages more plant-based eating. I'm not saying it has to be all or nothing or vegetarian or vegan. I do hope people shift in general to more plant-based eating. It's better for their health,
0: it's better for. Uh, athletic and sexual performance and it's also better for the planet as well now when you say like plant-based versus vegan because i've i've mm-hmm. had to explain to people a few times what the change i made was and yeah uh, is vegan does, is, is vegan more of an ethical based decision
2: well i think if you're vegan if you just say i am vegan then I yeah. think it applies to outside of diet right so it might reply to leather or you know, buying pets versus adopting, you know, rescuing them or, you know, whatever it might extend to that type of stuff. Yeah. But then you could say that just I eat a vegan diet, but that would say I'm not eating any animal products at all. So I think a vegan diet is a plant-based diet, but a plant-based diet isn't necessarily a vegan diet. Gotcha. So I think most vegetarian diets are plant-based. Vegan diets are plant-based. Yeah. Um, you know, even Mediterranean diet that might have less than 10% of calories, you could argue, is plant-based. So it's really eating the vast majority of calories from plants is i think what's important and it's important what you're doing most of the time not what you're doing occasionally yeah. that's going to have the biggest impact now i do think that there's benefits but i think you probably get there's probably diminishing returns you know going 90% plant based versus 50% it's probably going to be a huge benefit going from 90% to 100% that benefit might not be as big. I still think it exists. Yeah, I think it's a little
0: bit harder to show in the science because uh, Well, it's just it's up. a matter of how much you want to suffer. Because that day after you eat the <clears> the dairy, is right. It's a bad one. Yeah, and you can you it's can not a them, feel a difference. Yeah, I, I was very interested in um in the movie. You had Conor McGregor talking about how he he, he what did he he ate two steaks two steaks a of, day? Yeah, trying to bulk up because he's a notorious no pun intended yeah. um notoriously gassed fighter especially in the later rounds um is that directly related or is that what the point of the movie um, was I mean, trying to make or
2: yeah he himself said yeah. you know it was a battle of energy in there yeah right and and nate and nick diaz both are i've always had crazy endurance and been eating plant-based for a long time and they do actually sometimes nick for example i think maybe even Nate, but definitely nick has fought one night and the next morning got up early and gone and run a try done a triathlon wow and, and nick uh, nate also does triathlons Like in between training, and um, they're really, they're actually good triathletes as well. So, really good endurance. Now, of course, some of that is the training. um, And you could say, well, this person just naturally got better endurance. But, you know, uh, Connor cut down on his meat consumption after that fight. Yeah. And then, you know, he he was doing better endurance wise. So, you know, you can't say for sure it's the diet. I think there's a lot of anecdotal stuff that you can't really prove, but it does, maybe. Yeah. But it does line up with the science, right? Sure. So if you put those two together, you've got some anecdotal stories and then you've got some science which sort of explains why that's true. Yeah, that's And within the science, there's the epidemiology. It's like the observational stuff. There's like these randomized controlled trials. Um, there's uh, preclinical data where they're testing stuff. In, and it's crazy. If you drip the blood of a meat eater onto cancer cells, uh-huh. if you, versus dripping the, uh, the blood of, a, of vegans onto cancer cells, the, the vegans, like it's nine times greater the, the cancer reduction just in a Petri dish. Really? So yeah, yeah, but that's not enough, right? Because that wouldn't be convincing. You're like, is that true in the human body? That's why you need randomized controlled trials, and then say, okay, we know about these factors, but those are typically short
0: term. What is a randomized controlled trial?
2: So you're taking, uh, off, like, so you're taking different. You're randomizing people. Yeah. So you're not saying so you're not like the, I can't pick and say, oh well, I'll take all the big strong guys and put them on something, and all gotcha, the weak okay. guys. So you're randomizing people. I'm asking for the listeners, by the way. I know exactly what a randomized controlled
0: study is. So.
2: Yeah, and often it's like double blind. So ne- neither the, um, the participants or the people giving – let's say it's a drug trial, Yeah. right? If you're giving them both a blue pill, one's an actual pill, one's a placebo that does actually nothing um, other than the placebo effect. And so you would randomize those people and seeing what the actual outcome is if you intervene in that situation, uh-huh. Versus observational would be, okay, let's look either retroactively or prospectively, like, let's look, let's just talk to people and say, what did you eat over the last 30 years? And then look at incidences of heart disease or cancer. Yeah. Or you, you can do uh, prospective uh, observational studies where you say, okay, let's track what you eat for the next 30 years. Right. And then after 30 years ask them what happened. So that's more accurate than a retrospective where people are trying sure. to remember what they ate. Yeah. But the randomized control trial would be you're randomizing people. There's a control group, right? That's eating maybe the same day. So you keep people on a standard American diet and you put them on a paleo diet or you put them on a plant-based diet and you can see what happens. The downside of that is you can't do that for thirty years. Because yeah. you're not gonna be- so you've got to look at the preclinical data, like in the test tube or petri dish, or even in animal models. And then randomized controlled trials. So preclinical uh, means humans are not involved? Uh directly, right. You could okay. be it could be animal studies and it could be um it could be taking a human's blood and putting them in a petri dish, yeah. Yeah, but not directly. And so you sort of look at these three areas and you can draw conclusions from that, right? Yeah. And like where is all the evidence pointing? And it's very clear with all the world-leading health organizations and all the the vast majority of scientists, you're always going to get some people, you're always going to find one doctor that's going to say anything. Yeah. Right? You can get people that say the earth is flat. Yeah. But that's not like the leading scientific consensus. Yeah. You can get people saying, oh, you should be eating lots of meat, but that's not the leading scientific consensus. So the scientific consensus is to eat, you know, predominantly
0: all of your calories from plants. And how long has that been the scientific consensus? Mm, Only over the last, five years or so i would say what is wrong with us yeah well, i think can't we you figure got, out that well, you because you've
2: got industry influence you know you've got these psychological yeah. aspects where people are tied to meat eating you've got cultural aspects it's difficult for people to accept it's not um it's not like it's only about science you know there's funding coming in there's yeah. these preconceived notions and also it takes a long time typically you know the new in the night 90- is pretty good and the taste, yeah. There's taste factors, convenience factors, what's, what you're used to, social, yeah. social um, structures. Um, but if you look back in the 1930s, they were pretty sure that smoking was indicated in, 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 <laughs> yeah. in lung cancer. But in the 80s, the industry was still arguing for fifty years until it became like it wasn't only until the nineties where people actually like bought into the public perception. So it takes a long time from five scientific studies to get into the medical literature to get into the public sort of smear and the public domain of knowledge. Do you think like, that's what's happening right now with meat? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I think we've no, like I think we've known for quite some time that meat is detrimental to health, and it's taking a while to get when you've got the industry fighting it and these preconceived notions and social structures. <clears throat> um you, you are you're fighting an uphill battle you know what i mean yeah it's a little bit like david
0: versus goliath um because we've been eating meat for a long time and uh, that's what i was actually thinking about before when you were talking about industry because you're just one guy you put out a massive movie but right you're fighting a a, a massive battle massive against-
2: but the good thing is so if you'd have asked me a, a couple of years ago do you even fear for your safety yeah in putting this film out I would have been a lot more fearful a couple of years ago. In the last couple of years, people those industries are just trying to make money. They don't care yeah. whether you eat meat or whether you eat plant-based. Yeah. So they're seeing where the trend is going. Yeah. Right? So people are starting to realize it's better for your health to eat plants. They're starting to realize, you know, those people that care about the planet, leaving a, planet, a healthy planet for for their grandchildren, you know, they realize it's bad to eat meat. So people are shifting. So that's where the money is. So what are the plant-based companies doing? they started investing in the plant-based companies and mm. now they're just putting out their own plant-based meat. Yeah. Cause they're seeing where the shift is going. So that's like Marlboro getting into the vaping, the vaping. <coughs> the vaping stuff. Right. Totally. They're just going to yeah. go wherever the money goes. Right. If people don't want to buy cigarettes anymore, they want to vape, they're going to get into the vaping. Right. And so I think the meat industry was hesitant at first, but now they're seeing where it's going. So I'm less fearful <laughs> now
0: that I'm going to get taken out. Why? What, what, what made you fear for your safety when, a few years ago? Well, I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of money to be lost. Yeah. You know, I'm not,
2: I'm not. you know, I mean, even when I won the Ultimate Fighter, I got death threats. Right? And that's come? for no reason. Like, I don't know. People just didn't like that I was British and I was living in America. And <laughs> I was on the British team, but I trained in
0: America for 10 years. And- I did ads for Bloomberg for president. Mm-hmm. I got some death threats. Wow. Yeah, just weird. I mean, I, they don't mean anything to me. I know yeah. that usually the more extreme it is, the less serious I take it. If someone, to be honest, if someone goes, hey, man, you're getting less funny that hurts more than somebody being like, I'm outside your house, I'm gonna fucking kill you right
2: yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, also, they like, know it's a lie. In England, you know, we have this saying that like stabbers don't show and showers don't stab. Yeah. So, like, if someone's like waving a knife in your face, yeah, they're less likely to stab you than the guy that's got it tucked behind the armpit, you know, it's yeah. gonna just shank you. Yeah. So, um, it's probably the same thing. Like, people, if, if someone really wanted to uh, come take me out, they're they not gonna hit me up on social media. No. You know what I mean? <laughs> Give it, me a heads up. No. So, uh, I don't know. I, I just think. It is significantly affecting the industry, but I think it's, it's shifting that way anyway. You yeah. Know? And uh, you've seen with all the fast food restaurants now getting
0: into it, and so the meat industry is Dunkin' sort of Donuts. You can there. go to Dunkin' Donuts and yeah, get a, totally. a Beyond Sandwich or whatever it is, yeah, but they yeah, put yeah. cheese on it, which is annoying. Yeah. If oh, you want. Well. You don't have to get it with the cheese. Yeah. Vegan cheese sucks. I think there's a few decent <laughs> brands now. Shannon, did I just hurt your feelings? Yeah, I think, I
2: think there there's are a few- good ones. Yeah, there are <laughs> like some- Like What? Daya, violet? Daya
0: cream cheese is pretty good. Yeah. I haven't had the, uh, the cheese cheese. It's good yeah,
2: butters. there's a few brands. I'm not really familiar with the names, but um, uh, there's definitely a few good brands uh, yeah. out there. And yeah, I think it's getting better. Um, and some of them, some of them, yeah, I agree they're not so great. And I just don't, I eat that stuff occasionally, but again, I'm trying to eat more whole foods. Yeah. So what do you eat? I mean, for, for breakfast, I often have oatmeal
0: with... Um, you said banana before. Yeah,
2: banana. Yeah, <laughs> oatmeal with bananas and
0: uh, banana, <laughs> and banana, yeah, banana. That's banana. right, bro. You, you're in New York. I said in New York. Banana, banana. Yeah, banana, banana. Yeah,
2: banana. This guy's gonna
0: punch my head off. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, so uh, you know, bananas and berries and like flaxseed and maybe some almond butter or peanut butter. And or, how much? How many hours
0: does that get you through a day? <laughs> maybe like three. Okay. So, no, I eat again. So I eat like probably four times a day, maybe. And then what? What do you like? What? What's for? What do you do on the go?
2: Um, my wife makes these great bars that I, I
0: often. She take makes or, bars.
2: Yeah, like I give oats and dates and, and stuff like that. She makes her own. Yeah, and like the you know in a in a, in a, a not a blender. What do you call it? A food mixer. A bar, you're talking about. Yeah, just thing. don't even have to cook it, and then you just put them in the fridge, and then you just cut it up and, and eat them. Or there's stuff you can buy, right? Like these fruit and nut bars. Like is that, that. recipe on the website? No, is it? no, it is actually. Yeah, it is. okay. I'm you know, have to I was look gonna say a secret, out. but no. Yeah. Um. So I'm just, like that's uh, one option, but you know, there's these sort of fruit and nut bars, like a Lara bar.
0: Yeah. My favorite flavor is like the cashew cookie. Okay. Uh.
2: So even though that's
0: processed somewhat, you'll still eat that.
2: Well, so so like a Lara bar is just literally um dates and nuts. Yeah. So, I mean, it's processed in the fact that it's like mushed together. Yeah. You know
0: what I mean? But that's it. It's in plastic. Yeah. Somebody told me, (laughs) I I wish, I I hate when people say things that stick with me because they're so untrue a lot Mm. of the times. Yeah, yeah. The guy goes, if you can unwrap it, you shouldn't eat it. Mm. And like, that's not- Well, meat comes wrapped usually. I know. It's just so dumb. Yeah. That like, I believed him. I was like, holy you shit. Know,
2: you know what the funniest thing is that I find that we haven't ever really talked about, but people will say, oh, fuck, me, I don't eat processed food. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, okay. So, so you take like grain and corn <laughs> and then you take it and, and you crush it up and yeah. you add some uh, enzymes and then it passes down a tube and sits in a, in a bucket of acid. Uh-huh. And then it like absorbs through the villi. And I'm talking about a cow eating food. Yeah. Like, that's the greatest process that you could do. Yeah. But people like to say, like, there's in philosophy there's this naturalistic fallacy. Yeah. Right. So, because it's natural, then it's fine. But, like, what have you done to that food? You have, like, extracted the cow takes the vitamins and the, and the minerals and the fiber for itself. Yeah. And then gives you, like, adds in saturated fat and advanced glycation end products and bacterial endotoxins. Like, it's not doing you any favors. And it's this crazy process. Yeah. So, like, taking whole plant foods from the ground where you could just get all of the protein and the vitamins and the minerals and the fiber and everything else directly from the source, and you can, or you can hyper-process it through an animal.
1: Yeah.
0: You know what I mean? Well, like, we, in the movie, when you referred to the animals as the middlemen, a huge light bulb went on over my head. Because right. I, for, for the longest time, I didn't understand why eating meat was associated with environmental concerns. I just mm, didn't get mm. it. And when you say, what is it, six times? the yeah, amount of protein one, yeah for the protein yeah. so, it's so the calories is actually a lot more so to, so protein, a, yeah. a cow requires six times more protein just to, to live I mean, animals on average i can't remember whether the cow is exactly but yeah yeah on average yeah. but six times i pictured like eating you know grass obviously i'm not going to eat grass but like whatever patch of land mm. could have grown vegetation yeah, yeah that i could eat six times that times eight billion like that's the problem is that right, yeah, yeah i mean like, it's like twenty
2: six thousand people dying of starvation every day but yeah, we're taking grains off from the countries in
0: which those people are dying. Yeah, it's crazy. So yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. It's it's madness. Right to call them middlemen though, just really like because I understood I, I, I used to take fish oil and I would get mm-hmm. it you know te- third party tested for heavy metals yeah. and whatever, and I and I was able to understand how that works because you know small fish get eaten by slightly bigger yeah, yeah. fish it's get the same eaten by concept, all right? the way up to salmon and halibut and you know tuna these things are loaded with mercury even yeah. though i don't necessarily understand why mercury is in all the the fish in the first place well it's actually so some of it's organic and they're just naturally
2: occurring which bio- naturally occurring in the fish's body no no in the water in the water okay originally yeah yeah and then some of it is runoff from um industrial processes That makes it also into the water. Yeah. So you've got it in the water and then the algae would absorb some of it and then the krill and then the smallest fish. So you get what's called bioaccumulation and then up the trophic levels, you know, as smaller animals are eaten by bigger animals. Yeah. Of course, one fish doesn't eat one fish. It eats multiple fish. Yeah. And that fish is now, in England, we had this game of conquers where, you know the one I'm talking about? No. Uh, It's like this thing falls from a tree and you like, you hit it. And if I break your conker, then I'm into 2 and then like, Someone beats mine so You get those points You know oh, It yeah, builds yeah, okay. up So it like Magnifies like this Yeah And so the Same thing It's like It's magnifying As you go up the levels So the largest fish Actually have up to A million times The amount of mercury Per gram As the surrounding water Wow Right and so, this concept is the same. You always want to get your nutrients as low on the food chain as possible because uh, otherwise, you're going to have more pesticides, more of what these called persistent organic pollutants. Like, there's, yeah. there's, there's stuff still in the environment from persistent like organic pollutants. Yeah, POPs. Yeah. So, it's not just pesticides. So, pesticides are also higher, uh, much higher. And people are like, oh, well, you, you spray the crops. Oh, well, what do you think the crops are that the animals eat? That's not even human grade. Yeah. The food that the animals eat not even human grade food. Yeah. They can spray more pesticides on that. Yeah. Now that bioaccumulates. So just get so if you if you currently Jesus take a me. fish oil, if you take a fish oil pill, yeah. just do a very simple switch. Just to get an al- algae oil pill. Because at, there was 20 um uh, fish oil pills studied of which though and the ones that claimed to be toxin free had the same amount of toxins as the ones that didn't claim to be toxin free. So yeah, they don't in, regulate it that well, right? Right, it's not very well regulated. So just get the if you if you really think you have to have the what's called the preformed DHA and EPA omega threes, yeah, um, then then just take an algae based oil, you know, that's not
0: got the toxins in it, and that has the same nutrients that you're looking for.
1: It's exactly for in the, the fish same. Life. It's the
2: original source. So, this, oh. so so basically, you can either take. Alpha linoleic acid Sha- Shannon
0: Can you write that down Algae pill Algae oil Algae
2: oil Yeah but you, So you can take like You can get uh, ALA Yeah Which is a short chain omega 3 From walnuts Or flaxseed Is probably the, the, One of the best sources Great, It has to be ground flaxseed uh-huh. And your body can convert that Now as you get older and What about flaxseed oil um, I would go with the whole flaxseed
0: Okay Yeah <clears throat> So uh, this poor what, guy's been talking for 48 hours. No, that's great. That's His cool. voice box yeah, is yeah. shredded. No,
2: that's cool. have <laughs> been talking a lot recently. <laughs> uh, and anyway, so to uh, you can convert that, right, to, to what's called EPA and DHA, these longer chain omega-3s, or you could take those indirectly. But if you're going to take it indirectly, get it as low on the so- uh, on the food chain as possible. Yeah. Just get it from algae oil rather than, um, so if you really think you need that, and it gets a little bit complex, but of why you might need it or not. But it, I mean, as an insurance, I guess it's.
0: What is your IQ? Do
2: you know? It's funny you should ask. That, actually, uh, is it like two hundred and fucking thirty? No, no. So I only took one IQ test once online, <laughs> and uh, Very I reliable. was. It was when my son. Yeah, exactly. So the funny thing was, though, I was feeding my son, and it was based on time, um, and I don't think it was reliable. Number yeah. one, but uh, funny enough. It was based on time, and I was feeding my son and talking with him at the same time as I was taking the test. Yeah, and I was one point below, um, one point below genius, in the- <laughs> and so again, it's just an online thing. I don't even know if it was legit, really. Yeah, but you're obviously it was true Mensa or something. So, but the funny thing was, <laughs> so like um, I don't even
0: know Mensa or something like that. Whatever it's called.
2: Yeah. No. So the funny thing was, Do you was really like not the- know what Mensa is? No, I know what it is. But oh I'm yeah, saying, so I think like, it was Mensa or one of those like, like the Genius Club. Yeah. No, I know what it is. Yeah. Um, I just asked
0: a genius if he knows what Matt says. What's wrong with me?
2: No, no, no. So sub genius. So it's a bit of a joke in my household. Uh, like my stepdaughter bought me a, like an Einstein shirt with with genius on it. But uh-huh. when I got it for Christmas, she'd put a little post it note. Yeah, with sub a little asterisk. Sub genius. Yeah. Just qualify. No, I don't. I don't think I'm like a particularly like
0: uh, intelligent guy. I think most people are, are pretty <laughs> smart in their own way. No, 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 but like people are just going- I'm not p- laughing at you saying you're, you're not smart. I'm laughing at you saying that other people are this smart. No, no, but the
2: thing is that, that traditional intelligence is, is like a very old way of looking at it. Yeah. And so people can be athletically intelligent or people, there's like, I think they've seen this for me, it was like there's 13 types of intelligence. Yeah. So I think people are just intelligent in different ways. I think a lot of people aren't reaching their potential because uh, I think people need to find more what they're passionate about. Because I think it's difficult to like take, like
0: I did not read a book- from the age of five until the age of 30. Well, that was my next question. So this, this curiosity and this thirst for knowledge mm. and to understand, was that something that you had in you always, or was that something that was ignited oh, by only this? Only for something that I'm interested uh, by in. By this topic.
2: So I didn't really enjoy school. So what yeah. I would do through college is I would read the uh, the introduction, the first paragraph of each uh, chapter and uh-huh. the conclusion and the back of the book. Yeah. Uh, and so I wouldn't ever read the whole book because I just didn't find it interesting. Yeah. Um, but then with martial arts, I found it interesting. I started reading some martial arts books. Um, but I never read uh, uh, books. And then then I really started reading a lot more, getting into this nutrition stuff later yeah. on as
0: well. Do you read for fun or do you read for education or and in information? Uh, information only. Yeah. I don't read any um, fictional work. Uh, even like like nonfiction, self-help kind of attitude stuff. Mm, or is it all science? something like
2: that. A lot of it is science. So, even like in my downtime, like, oh, it's the weekend, I might start reading about um, different arguments around leucine thresholds or. Oh,
0: riveting stuff. Yeah. How
2: <laughs> want weekend, to see James. the other argument? Like, sometimes I see a decent argument, like, oh, is that true? And then you look into it. Like, people come out, you know, with the. Um, when Chris Kresser talked about the DIAS score, uh-huh. the dispensable, uh, dispensable um, amino acid score versus. That's the, about protein, right? Yeah, it's about protein quality. Yeah. And then if you really dig into it, like, even during making the film, I hadn't dug as deep as I had for the getting ready for the debate on yeah. the DIAS score. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it, you start thinking like, oh, yeah, well, it's actually studied in animals. They don't really study it in humans that much. And they've got a different amino acid requirement. Well, right there, that's not a great way to uh, start analyzing what humans should be eating, right? Yeah. By looking at pigs and rats. It doesn't really make much sense. And then you can't actually look at, um, you have to look at individual amino acids You can only look at at single amino acids at a time, and doesn't look at how a protein matrix might work. You know, like there's lots of when you start thinking, oh, why is the plant protein? You know, what influences there been from the industry? What are the flaws with that system? You know, we're basically coming up with the best way of trying to analyze protein. But the thing is, it doesn't play out. If you're going to come up with ideas and mechanisms and scoring systems, if it's going to be valid, it also better play out in the outcomes. Yeah. Right. But it's just not true. So all all the studies that look at vegetarians or vegans, um, if they there's no study that's looking at a vegetarian or vegan or a plant based diet where people are getting a 1.6 grams of kilo uh, protein per kilogram or more, where they've got less muscle.
0: Yeah. Just isn't. So, so so 30 grams of plant protein is is the same in the body as 30 mm-hmm. grams of animal protein.
2: Um. No. So there's. So. Depends what you're looking for. So people always talk about quality of protein. Well, actually, high quality animal protein actually might be bad for for, for certain reasons in terms of um, there's certain people that uh, there's quite a lot of scientists that think that um, having too much leucine it increases your IGF one, which increases the mTOR pathway, which increases to uh,
0: higher risk of cancer. <laughs> right. So using a lot of big words right now. Uh, so mm, I'm taking it so as I, disrespect. It's
2: Just insulin like growth <laughs>
0: factor. I don't know. So have you ever seen Forty Year Old Virgin? Yeah. Yeah, that was Kevin Hart. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Watch your mouth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> mTOR pathways? Yeah. Is that what you just said? Yeah, yeah. So It's a mammalian target of so, so, myosin. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, it, I mean, it doesn't matter, but basically, you know, so when you talk about quality of protein, no. So, so it's interesting because like, is 10 grams of plant protein the same as 10 grams of animal protein? The answer is no. In terms of uh, anabolism and building muscle. Yeah. But is 40 grams of animal protein the same as 40 grams of plant protein? In many cases, the answer might be yes. And what happens from 10 to 40? Uh, Because there's thresholds. Oh, okay. So what you actually need to meet is eight to 10 grams of uh, essential amino acids. Gotcha. And two, two and a half grams of leucine. You know, some potentially, sometimes more in some studies, but that's pretty well accepted. Two or two and a half grams of leucine. Yeah. So once you've met those things, those criteria, then you're building, you've got just as much muscle protein synthesis. Okay. Now, the other thing that people don't take into account is that it's not it can't just be about short-term, like less than four-hour muscle protein synthesis, because we also know that you can't just have 20 grams of whey protein, which is like one of the most anabolic for the amount of grams of protein. It can't just be about that. Because if if 20 grams of whey or whatever, 25 grams of whey or whatever, optimizes short-term muscle protein synthesis, you would think that having that four times a day would be as good as having 50 grams of whey, but it's not. It's actually better to have, for in terms of building muscle, and and again, it's optimizing muscle mass. You can still build muscle with less protein, but it's not optimizing it. So you actually build, you seem to do better when you'll have, you'll hit this leucine threshold four times a day and this essential amino acid threshold but you're also getting about 1.6 to 2.2 grams per kilogram of protein in the day. So it's not just about, people will argue about short-term muscle protein synthesis, but that doesn't, it's not directly tied to long-term muscle accrual, which is what you care about,
0: Yeah, that, right, that, if you're that, trying to build muscle. That's something that I've, I always felt like was um, a mentality that was created by the supplement industry that you got to have, you know, 30 grams of protein within half an hour of working out or you wasted all your energy and whatever. No, I mean, well- It just never made sense to no, me. No, so and the I've, timing thing is a little bit more complex than we
2: used to think. Yeah. But actually some of the bro science is actually pretty good. Yeah. So some of the bro science, like
0: the the old one gram per pound uh-huh. actually isn't that far off from the science. Well, that's 250 grams of protein for me. Yeah, that's, no that's 2.2, right? Now, oh. now there's,
2: a, there's actually, it's 2.2 two grams per, per kilogram. Per kilogram. Yeah, yeah, so one gram per pound <clears throat> actually isn't far off on the high end. Okay. So the the average, like that's fairly well accepted, is one point six. But there's a large confidence interval. So some people actually might be okay on one gram per kilogram. Okay. And some people might be need two point two grams per kilogram. Does that make sense? Depending on. So there's genetics. a large
0: point six grams range. Yeah. Depending on their genetics, or based on how much they're working,
1: or
2: well, the more you work, yeah. And so, you know, actually, if you want to get into nitty gritty, it depends on the amount of muscle groups that you're working. So, if you're doing only bicep curls and tricep extensions in a yeah. workout, yeah. you need less protein in the next twenty four hours than you do if you did squats and deadlift and uh, cable rows and bench press. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So if you if you if you recruit more muscle fibers gotcha, and yeah. do complex.
0: Uh, exercises you're likely to re- require more in that next 24 hours. Yeah, because I haven't been paying attention to protein intake at all over the last four months. No. and, and how's I haven't. It been? Have I, you I, lost I, any size? No, no. And I actually w- I, I reduced. <clears> so <throat> I I had a guy in here. His name is Mike Israel, and he's um just a really uh, another smart kind of guy who uh, who uh, whose opinions I respect and whose interpretation of the data I respect. And he puts it out in a very easily digestible way. I just like him and um. He kind of scared me a little bit when I said jokingly, "I said, how do I, you know, not be a two hundred and fifty pound, eighty year old meathead?" And he goes, mm. "No, don't worry, you won't, you know, it's not, gonna, it won't happen." And I was like, "Yeah, I know, but like, how do I do it?" He goes, "No, no, you won't, you won't make it. Like, you, you won't live that long. Oh, you yeah, two hundred fifty yeah, yeah. pounds." And I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" And then it scared me a little bit, and I was like, "I know that things happen as you get older, muscle deteriorates. Like, mm. I just, I feel very heavy in my life in general. Two hundred fifty mm. pounds is just." It's a lot of weight. It doesn't matter muscle, bone, skin. It doesn't matter. Gravity is playing against me always. Mm. I feel very weighed down. Right. So I was hoping that when I cut out the animal products, that I would lose some muscle mass because I don't care about being jacked anymore. Mm. I'm four, almost forty years old. Yeah. Um, and it really like it hasn't made that much of a difference at all. <laughs>
2: yeah. Thank you. So I don't <laughs> think most guys, even at your age, are.
0: How old are you? Thirty-nine. Yeah, yeah, so I'm 41. Yeah. I
2: don't think most guys, even our age, are saying, yeah, I want to lose some muscle mass. I would love but, to
0: lose some muscle. And yeah. some fat, too. Just yeah, be yeah,
2: smaller. I, mean, I would say that's the type of training that you're having and how many calories you're eating. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I mean, I think there's, it's sort of, it's true that you can get enough protein to optimize muscle mass on a plant-based diet. Yeah. But also, it's not like you can just, if you just take meat off your plate and you leave the rice and vegetables... Then you're not going to get, if you're trying, and, and your goal is in this small subset of trying to build as much muscle as possible, as fast as possible, mm-hmm. then you are going to be deficient in protein. Like that's the thing where like vegans will be off sometimes and say, I oh, don't worry about protein at all. Well, for the vast majority of people, that's true. Yeah. And you certainly can get as much, you know, all the protein you need on a plant based diet. Yeah. Um, and especially like for some people that take protein powder, I don't know why it suddenly became this thing where vegans can't take protein powder, but. If you're on a, you know, most protein powder is whey that's taken by omnivores. So I don't understand why there's this special exception for vegans. Like, oh, why you got to take protein? Yeah. Um, I mean, first of all, you can get it from Whole Foods, but Do you take you. you but <clears throat> I, occasionally, I'll do a, a plant-based protein, but it's not like routine. If I feel. But like, not whey. No, no, not whey protein. Whey's here. dairy. Yeah, it comes from dairy. Yeah. yeah. So, um, where were we going? So, 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 so. You know, you d I don't know exactly what
0: you're eating, but it's largely gonna be about the type of training that you're doing. I imagine you're still training. Yeah, but I do jujitsu three times a week and I go to the gym twice a week and lift very light and very minimal. Mm. And Interesting. it's just not so
2: you've retained I, it even on the
0: But I've also been lifting weights for um for twenty seven years or so, something mm. like that. Like it's I got a lot of undoing to do. Right, I didn't right, just right. I it's not like I just I, I started working out five years ago and now I've done this like it's I've been big since I was fourteen years old. I right. just got very big, very fast. Right, right, right. Because I enjoyed working out. I, w- I lifted very heavy. I ate. I think my frame is just kind of like big. Yeah. And it's funny, though, that people think that if you go on a plant-based diet,
2: you're going to shrink all of a sudden. Yeah. And you're even trying to shrink and it's not. I mean, you certainly could do it by changing your training, you know, your calories, maybe lowering your protein. <laughs> yeah. I've never like, someone's never, known, someone asked me, hey, how, how do I lose some muscle mass? Yeah. Um. Obviously, you could do it if you really wanted to. Um. You know, but, uh, yeah, I think I think the thing is that people that are trying to fight the diet, they're trying to pick holes in it, and, and they're also trying to come up with extreme situations. So when they suddenly realize, you know, if you want to build muscle as fast as possible, one, you need to be training in a way to build muscle as fast as possible. Yeah. And you also need to be in a caloric surplus. Yeah. Right? So I'd be eating, like, if I was trying to build as much muscle as possible, I'd probably be on, like, at least 3,500 calories a day. Well, when I'm doing 3,500 calories, I'm easily getting enough protein yeah. to optimize my muscle mass. Right? How many calories a day do you eat? I don't even count because I eat
0: 3,500 oh, by accident. Yeah. 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 I don't maybe even that's, count. Maybe that's why I'm so. Big.
2: Oh, maybe I'm like 3,000 or I don't know. I, I'm not. Yeah. I, I don't count. But um, I mean, I have counted certain foods. Like I know that a smoothie that I make that has no protein powder has 750 calories and 35 grams of protein. Yeah. With no protein powder and just like whole foods. Yeah. Um, but. Um. Where was I going? I've been doing like other (laughs) podcasts, and then there's two days of talking. But um, yeah, so you can get plenty of protein, and and people sort of now people are starting to go, oh yeah, but what if you're cutting weight for a competition that's coming up in a few weeks? Yeah, now you've got to be in caloric deficit. Yeah, and when you're in caloric deficit, you actually need more protein than you would have had otherwise because of something called gluconeogenesis. You're creating new glucose from the protein. You're stealing the protein from what would have been used for building blocks Uh and you're using it, you're converting it into glucose because you're in a caloric deficit, you're not getting enough calories. Is that true? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Oh. And so your protein needs do go up, yeah. but they're trying to paint this like first of all, you've picked a subset of like bodybuilders, yeah. you know, like pre-contest bodybuilders. Right now, you've picked pre-contest <laughs> bodybuilders that didn't cut weight soon enough, and now need to like get a bunch of fat off in the last three weeks. So that that's really your argument. That's how strong your argument is. Really, your argument is I'm going to pick a small subset of society. Yeah, like most people aren't trying to build as much muscle as fast as possible and be professional bodybuilders. Yeah, you know, and then you're going to take a small subset of that. And then try and prove it wrong with that. Well, if that's your case, and you really need to be very low calorie and get as much protein as possible, okay, sure, take a protein. You know, then that's going to be a good case for taking a plant-based protein supplement. Yeah, but I mean that, and there's still not an argument against veganism at that point. No, because
0: you know. So I don't. People, <laughs> you should just put everyone in a headlock who disagrees <laughs> with it. <laughs> James, we got to wrap up. You're you're a genius, Billy Zane. Sub genius is what I'm going to call you from now on. Sub genius. Yeah. God damn it, you're fucking smart, man. Thank you. So I'm so happy you came in. You, you made this movie that obviously was massively impactful. With that comes some controversy, but you had a tremendously positive impact on my life. I want to just thank you for doing the work to get the movie to the point where it got to, where you got through this thick Irish head of mine. Awesome. Uh, Where do you want people to find you? On Instagram? Where's your, your yeah, favorite yeah, platform? Yeah,
2: Instagram, uh, Game Changers Movie on Instagram is probably the best place. And then our website has got like tips and
0: resources, recipes. The website um, is the Game, Movie uh, Game dot com? Movie.com? Gamechangersmovie.com, yeah. No, the, just Game Changers Gamechangersmovie.com. Yeah,
2: if they want to follow me, it's uh, Lightning Wilkes. On
0: yeah, Instagram, yeah, yeah. Give it, a, give it a shot. Just go into it with an open mind. If you're like I was, I'm not trying to convert anybody. I'm just saying like this, I've always prefaced stuff that I don't know about with like a... Um, there's something called like a set-aside mentality where like you just kind of just let me set aside everything I think I know about mm, this topic so I yep. can absorb new information. I've used it multiple times. I did it with the movie and it's, it's had a really positive impact on my life. So thank you for making the movie and thank you for sitting with me for this long. Oh, thanks for having me. All right. Cool. Bye.